Hey, Jay. Got any good stories for me today? Huh. Do I have a good story for you? Well, I, I was thinking a lot about our last conversation about finding meaning at work. And there is something I wanted to share with you, something a little more personal. You know, I did go through a bit of a work transition where I came from the world of education. I was a teacher, an administrator in a day school, in, in a school. And, and I transitioned into the world of business, into the world of tea business. And, I, I, you know, that was something that was, was really hard for me because I was used to teaching, dealing with children, parents. And then to go to the world of business, that was, it was a rough transition. But what I found was that there were aspects of what I loved about education that I found in the world of business, meaning I looked for those things that I loved. I loved interacting with people, the relationships I had with students or with parents. Um, I found in relationships with my clients, with my coworkers, um, and you know, t- you know, working with them and, and just developing a relationship over years. And this uh, concept of education, where you know, teaching my customers about my product, came an aspect of education. So, you know, I found meaning in different ways by looking for those things that I love and what I was doing. The things that drew you to you know education in the first place. Um, were those same skills that you were able to tap into to be successful in your work in, in the tea industry. And that, that was going to give you the same, I mean, it might not be the same audience, but the same um, meaning that you found in the education world, so that you could generalize those skills and just apply them in a different setting. Because uh, you're teaching, now you're teaching a different audience and you're teaching a different group and you're and you're sort of selling a different product. But at its core, you're really honing in on the things that make you unique, and therefore you can sort of generalize that to pretty much anywhere you you want to go. Right, and that really helped my transition. That kind of focus, that mental awareness, um, to help transition and find more joy, pleasure, meaning in my what I was doing. Well, I think we're going to spend some more time today thinking about finding meaning at work and. Um, using mindfulness as a tool to find meaning at work. And uh, we'll get started right now. What happens when a CEO, a shrink, and a rabbi start talking about mindfulness at work? Just about anything. Thank you for joining us at Mindful Work. You can learn more about this podcast at www.mindfulwork.show. And now, Mindful Work presents the author and clinical psychologist, Rabbi Dr. Benji Epstein, tea industry executive and award-winning educator, Rabbi Jason Rosen, and your host, Dan Cohen, CEO and founder of Full Court Press Communications. Enjoy the show. So I want to welcome everybody back to the Mindful Work podcast. It's a place where we bring a Jewish lens and a mindfulness lens to issues in the workplace. Um, we're going to look at these tools to think about how we can become better people, better leaders, better employees to meet the needs of our clients and our customers. Um, with us, as always, our our inspiration, our North Star, our rabbi, our psychologist, Dr. Rabbi Benjamin Epstein, author of Living in the Presence, a book on Jewish mindfulness coming out from Orem Productions, uh, due out this fall in 2018. Welcome, Benji. Hey, guys. What's going on? All right. Good to have you. And also our storyteller, Rabbi Jason Rosen, award-winning educator, which he neglected to say, and a leader and an executive in Israel's tea and coffee industry. Hello, Jason. 
Yo, yo. And I'm Dan Cohen, founder of FCP Communications. I've been at this about 20 years as a professional services firm CEO. And uh, let's go ahead and get started. If you're interested in finding out more about us or listening to previous shows, you can go to www.mindfulwork.show. So today we're going to continue exploring the issue of meaning at work and finding meaning at work. And I wanted to ask, um, why don't we just start with uh, with Benji, just the idea of, of is it possible to find meaning every day at work? I, I think that uh, I think that um, to find meaning at work every single day, I think, is an unrealistic goal. Mm. I think overall, you can see um, if you take that step broader picture. Um, that work is something that can be meaningful. But if you're expecting that instant gratification that every single day has this huge payoff and huge payout, um, I think you're setting yourself up for an unpleasant experience because when you're looking for that purpose and for that meaning, it's not magic. It's not going to be something that, you know, you click your fingers and it just happens. Mm -hmm. It's something that you're going to be constantly pursuing something. You're constantly creating something that you're constantly working for and towards. It's never, you're never just there. It's like, Oh yeah, every day, even, even if you're doing brain surgery, you know, there are going to be days where you're doing, uh, I don't know, filling out patients claims and insurance things or, or, or trying to cure cancer and, and it's just not working out. The, mm -hmm. the, the, and uh, I, I think that to be clear about what you're trying to do um, in terms of meaning um, and seeing that, that the work in and of itself, if you're shifting the, the meaning to be the work in and of itself to be meaningful, yeah. as opposed to looking for something that's more overarching, I think that maybe you could, if you frame it that way, um, perhaps then work does become meaningful. It's sort of in that if you're reconfiguring it in, through that lens – so Jay, uh, Rabbi Jason Rosen, let me ask you sort of a follow-up question, which is Jewish tradition, Jewish custom, we pray three times a day. Many people learn Torah every day. Um, there's this element of, of consistency every day, and it's probably hard to find meaning in praying three times a day. It's probably hard to find meaning in reading and learning Torah every day. Are there some lessons that people can draw off of that experience to, um, to thinking about how to find meaning at work? Uh, you know, this um, this brings to mind kind of like what you said, this balance, right? Of, there's the daily. And how do you draw, you know, the things that are daily are often hard to find exciting, right? Mm -hmm. we, we refer to prayer as avoda. It's a service. But like, you know, in the literal sense, avoda is like work. Like you got to work it. You got to work hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that that there is this balance between what we call, you know, like the daily, the ritual, and, and as somebody once explained, like the inspiration or the epiphany, right? That like there is the spark, the idea that started us on this path, mm -hmm. right? That, that maybe that's the meaning, right? But then we kind of go at it daily with, with our daily ritual. Um, but it's something that you have to always be conscious of because if you get stuck on the, on the daily without any awareness of what started or what, the, you know, what path you're on, then the daily becomes dead. So let me build right. on that. I mean, one of the things that comes to mind, I mean, living in Israel, we're surrounded by startup nation and Israel 2.0. Um, everybody thinks you sort of turn on a computer and you turn into a billionaire. I mean, I think study after study has shown that even successful companies take seven, eight, nine years to actually go from the kernel of an idea 
to that sort of moment in which they have overnight success. Um, and it's that every day, the idea of how is that entrepreneur, or how is that team working together to get to the end goal? It's, it's hard to keep going. Um, maybe Rabbi Dr. Benjamin Epstein at a more basic level, maybe you could just talk about why we as humans are seeking meaning, seeking meaning in our daily life, seeking meaning in our, um, in our work life. What, why do we seek meaning? I think it's hardwired. I think we're hardwired to, uh, if we have the luxury to do it, I think it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Mm -hmm. um, where he's got this sort of, uh, this triangle, I think, where once your basic needs, where he's talking about trying to get to self-actualization, and once you've sort of met the basic needs of food and clothing and shelter, then there's something that's innate that's going to sort of compel us, you know, from that basic physiological to move up to the needs for safety, and then there's love and belonging. And then there's going to be these other things where there's this the pinnacle of this, uh, uh, I guess it's like a pyramid or triangle where it's, it's self-actualization, where you're really trying to um, just maximize. And so whatever, whatever needs are being – so if your needs are being met on the physiological and the belonging needs, so you're going to be looking for that next step. Um, so I think someone who is not able to – um, provide basic physical support and, and uh, safety, they're not going to be thinking about whether or not you know, the, the, their job is meaningful in the day-to-day. So it's, it's, it's a luxury, but it's also something that has to be equally, I think, equally honored uh, for the person who might have the food and the, and, the, and the safety, the physical safety of the house, but you know, he might feel like his life is not... Um, is not is not maximizing. He's not maximizing on what he's been given. The gifts he's been given could create a tremendous amount of psychological distress. And so we're 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 definitely hard, hardwired to uh, to ascend to this level. And once we're there, to to hopefully you know be, get to that point of self actualization, which I think you know generations before us didn't didn't have this. Yeah. Um, I'd say quandary or or this dilemma. Yeah, I think about my grandfather who owned a bar, who worked at the Mint, um, who survived the Great Depression, working at the family corner grocery store. Um, he was not thinking about self-actualization. He was thinking about how do you support a family um, in um, hard scrabble, you know, Philadelphia. Um, this meaning, this this quest for meaning. Um, where does it come from, Jason? Is is there anything in our in our writings, our history, or things our fathers may have said that we can sort of learn from as we think about this? Yeah, you know, I would love to present a text and maybe you know put it to you guys to see how how we can take it based on our conversation. I want to show you. I want to read to you the text from Ethics of Our Fathers, Perkiavo, at the end of chapter two, where Rabbi Tarfon says. He used to say, it is not your responsibility to finish the work, but neither are you free to desist from it. So how would you take that in light of our conversation now? Meaning, you know, you got to do the work, right? It's not about finishing it. You got to do the work. Do your job, right? Well, I think... um 
I think that I like the idea presented on that from a scholar from Prague, the Maharal, who, who basically said that reward comes from doing the work itself, that the work itself is the reward. And that if we are, um, if we're truly engaged in it and we're present enough, and I keep coming back to, to what Rabbi Dr. Benjamin Epstein has taught us about being here and being present right now in this moment, um, that if you can take that and bring it to the work that you're doing, there can be great joy in the moment in doing that task, whatever that task is. Um, and I take a lot of solace in that because there's a lot of stuff we have to do on a daily basis that isn't fun, that is difficult, um, but it contributes to a much larger, much more successful whole, running a family, running a business, uh, supporting employees, helping employees grow from young employees into more mature employees and helping them you know, on their journey of finding the rewards in the work. I mean, I think I'm really inspired by that quote from, from that perspective as a business leader to say that there can be great meaning and joy in the work, even if that work itself, writing a press release, um, driving a bus, um, protecting lives, um, even if that work itself may not be rewarding in and of itself in that moment, you're part of, in that moment, you're working towards a much larger goal, a goal bigger than yourself. Benji, what do you think? I agree. I agree completely. I just actually saw a story about how Pixar takes their employees, um, regardless of what you're doing at Pixar. Um, you could be the director, you could be serving coffee, and they sit them in the theater um, and put them in the fifth row, which is where the director sits and says, like, you know, this is, you know, you're creating the movie, like you're all part of this team. And and I think people see the value in what they're doing, everyone being part of it, and from from a more um, from that Jewish perspective that we have this sort of accountability for one another, that what we do matters. You know, if you don't, if you're not pulling your end, like, Oh, what difference does it make? It's I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not performing myself, but that's just my, it's, no, we're all in, it's, it's a team. It's a family. Um, and it, it your, your spiritual contributions do matter. And you're just like your, your physical decisions and, and those types of things. And so with that attitude where you can find meaning and, and also, like you said, Dan, that focus on the present moment where we usually get sabotaged by thinking, well, what difference is this going to make? Or what if this doesn't work out? It's just like you're really focusing on things that are out of your hands. I mean, right now you've got one job, you know, with a capital J and it's, you know, it's very clear. But what if and immediately there's your anxiety there's your doubt. There's your whatever self-disparaging thought that's coming up. And the more you're focused on the here and now, the more positive – I wouldn't say positive, but the more appropriate present moment experiences you have, then you're just going to start building up a really nice track record of like I did the right thing now and I did the right thing you know, the next minute, moment by moment by moment. And it's trusting the process. It's really trusting the process. And certainly from a spiritual perspective, it's like what Jay was reading the Mishnah of, it's like it's not your job to finish it. And if you're looking at it as this, as this Herculean task to finish, so then you're going to be really frustrated pretty soon. But if it's just like, I just got to take care of business, um, and that could be one Mishnah, it could be one Pasuk, it could be a smile, it could be a kind word, it could yep. be you know, calling your mom. And that's really keeping the main thing in the main thing. And, and, and really, and it's a, it's a real, it's a real practice. I like this idea. Yeah. Yeah. I want to add something uh, in, in hark back to last episode 
first of all, that we're, we're process-oriented, right? Meaning this Mishnah really says a very clear, Rabbi Tarpon says, it's not about the end result, just do your job. But meaning, be here and now, like Benji always says. Meaning, be in the process. Yeah. The process itself, like the Maharal said, is the reward. Being the opportunity, right? It's like, you know, the changing the diapers and, and chasing after your kids and, and, you know, writing those press releases, whatever it may be. Like, that process itself is really the reward, being involved in the process, not about the end result. And then the other thing that we, from the last episode we said was just being in the questions, right? Meaning we always want the answers, right? But it's the same idea of the process is also the questions. The questions is our process. And being in those questions is the reward itself. That's, you know, the opportunity to think about it and to contemplate it. And we don't need to have all the right answers or any answers, but just to bask in those questions is an un- unbelievable opportunity. And like Dr. Benji said, this is something that we really have an opportunity. We're blessed with this idea of looking for meaning in our work, right? That generations maybe before didn't always have that opportunity. And that, that's a blessing. That's a real blessing. So I want to add a, a small thought and a big thought. And then I want to ask a kind of a closing go away question. The small thought is at 3 a.m. in the morning when we were changing diapers, my wife and I used to look at each other and say that poop is progress. Right? Every time the baby has a healthy poop, every time you change a diaper, three in the morning, you know, it's progress. The baby's moving towards becoming um, a healthier uh, baby. So it's, it's sort of using that moment, you, being in the moment of what you're doing, but also attaching it to the much larger piece. The, the, the larger thought that I want to pose to my two rabbinic guides here is the idea of, of, of Hashem creating the world as, as, as perfect imperfection. Right? If you think about whether it was creation whether it was the need for man to circumcise. There is so much perfect imperfection where God has said, I've done this. Now you guys need to carry the ball over the finish line, or you guys need to advance Torah study, or you guys need to find ideas or sparks here. Um, and I think that's probably a, a conversation for another day, but it just, it comes to mind that as we're talking about, you know, finding meaning in the daily work, we are here to do Better. We're here to do more, um, and I and I, I take that um, I take that seriously, and I'm, I'm glad you guys are sort of on the journey. I guess as we think about wrapping up, um, maybe your thoughts, both of you, either on the notion that poop is progress, um, or your thought on kind of perfect imperfection, whichever way you want to go with it, and I'll I'll let you go. Uh, Rabbi Dr. Benjamin Epstein, you want to go first? Well, I know Jay's going to take the poop, so I'll take the other one. Excellent. I'll take, Excellent. I'll take, uh, I'll, take per- I'll take perfect imperfection for for five hundred dollars. Great. Um, I think that that we are able, especially, if we, and it's such an empowering idea, where we have to sort of get our head around the fact that if God is perfect, and He's created a system where He is asking for our input, where He needs almost our input to sort of finish that project. Nase Adam is let's we're in this together. I can't do this without you. And of course, God in his essence is unknowable. And and I'm not going to get into the theology because I don't get it. But if you're going to serve somebody and he's telling you, Hey, I need you. It's not like, you know, he's up there and we're down. It's like, we are equals almost, which Mm -hmm. is a very radical notion, but in Melech Beloam, you know, you can't be the king without, without, your your loyal servants 
And so we can give something and that gives you a healthy sense of pride. And but then the, the poopy diaper isn't just a poopy diaper. I'm working for I'm working for I'm working for the king. And this is a future, you know, a future employee. And and uh, it's meaningful. And, and I'm it's I'm part of a, it's a bigger picture. Um, and that's getting into the nitty gritty details, but always keeping in mind, you know, that deeper purpose and those those questions that Jay keeps asking and reminding us. And uh, thank oh, you. I talked about poop too. That's okay, Jay. I, I do you want to you want to take us out you know, on on poop or imperfect imperfection or both? You know, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because that's <laughs> that's not. I you know I want to keep it G-rated for me, but um, I do want to talk about. I love that what you said, perfect imperfection, and just read it. Well, I was looking for the quote, and you got to help me here. My my favorite Leonard Cohen quote about the cracks, yes. and how, that's how the light gets in. Yes. You know, anthem, anthem, right? So that that's the idea. It's, it's those cracks, those imperfections, that give us a new glimpse sometimes, right? And we got to just trust the process that it's it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a messy, stinky diaper. Uh, I couldn't help myself, sorry. Mm, and okay. that you know we, we go along the path, but um, but that's that's what we're looking for—that perfect imperfection. We just asking the questions. It's not going to be neat and clean. But you just got to go with it. Well, I wanted to thank both of you. As always, this has been a hoot and a holler and a joy. Um, Rabbi Jason Rosen, award-winning educator, executive in Israel's coffee and tea industry, and a Pixar aficionado, thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you, Jay. Love you, bro. You're welcome. Rabbi Dr. Benjamin Epstein, uh, author of Living in the Presence, coming this fall from Orem Publications, Shrink, Chief Spiritual Officer at Mellow.com. I don't know when this guy sleeps. Um, talented <laughs> and amazing. Thank you, Rabbi Dr. Benjamin Epstein. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dan. Great. And we'll catch you on the other Inspiring on the, as always. Catch you on the flip side. I hope you've enjoyed Mindful Work. Uh, if you want to catch us online for previous episodes or to learn more about us, you can go to www.mindfulwork.show. Thanks, everybody. Peace.